0: What's up, everybody? It's Jess, and welcome to Jess Wants to Know. It's a gloomy day in New York, in case you cared. Um, And I hope everybody is having a wonderful day, week, weekend, wherever you are in your life cycle. So today's episode is going to be a little heavy, but kind of fun. It depends on how this conversation goes. But I don't know about how you guys are feeling, um, but every day I look at the news, and I just feel completely overwhelmed and confused about politics. I mean, every single day that I look up there's a new person announcing their candidacy for the, the, the presidency, and I am just I'm I just I just don't know what to think of it, especially on the democratic side. And then also I think we're all fed up with uh Trump and all of that. So I must say that I have admittedly been ignoring politics for the past couple of years because I just cannot stomach Trump. However, today's a new day. And I think it's time that I and for those of you who feel the way I do, we get a little bit of education around this and get re-educated on politics so that when it's time for us to cast our vote for the 2020 elections or making the right decisions. And even before then, just making sure that we know the questions that we should be asking, the different types of issues that we should be looking for as people in the black community and all communities, the, the Hispanic community the rural community, I think uh, we need to get a little bit re-educated. At least I do. So I want to welcome my fantastic HBCU male guests, Landon and Horace. Hello, guys.
1: What's going on? Thank you for having us, Jess. Absolutely.
0: Now, before we get started, I want you guys to kind of introduce yourselves, tell the people who you are, what you do, what you're about, so that they understand that I have credible sources on Jess wants to (laughs) know. You can
1: go first, boss. All right. Uh, One, Jess, thank you for having me on here. Of course. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Landon Days uh, from New York, a proud graduate of Morehouse College. I'm a graduate of Columbia University and my law degree from uh, Hofstra University. Uh, my background is uh, an employment and construction litigation litig- litigator, but um, I also have a background in, in politics. I ran for city council in 2009 here in New York City. I ran a congressional campaign in Miami in 2009, 2010. Uh, state senate races here in New York and Virginia and in a, a couple other uh, smaller um, district leadership county, which we don't talk about enough. We, we put so much focus on federal, not enough on local politics, which is something where you can make an immediate impact. But uh, more in my introduction, uh, I'm a Sigma. Today's actually my Sigma anniversary, so shout out to my to my LB, Seven Survivors of Blue Madness, T.A.B. Spring 01, Nasty Kai. And uh to the rest of my Morehouse grads and I'm looking forward to this debate and this conversation.
0: And it's also your birthday.
1: It is. So uh thank Happy you, birthday. mom, for having me and dad. <laughs> and uh I had a great had a great morning so far, so I'm looking to have an even better night.
0: Fantastic. Horace?
1: Well, awesome. So uh my name is
2: uh, and thanks for having me as well. My name Horace. is Horace Williams. Forgive me, a little raspy today. But um <laughs> I am a Aggie grad, uh HPCU, um Aggie Pride, you know, North Carolina A T. I own a company called Empowered. Um, It's actually a technology platform that focuses on simplifying political engagement, particularly at the local level, which we think is highly important uh, to to echo uh, the the sentiments just mentioned. Um, And then we also leverage our technology platform to work with advocacy organizations to help them mobilize around uh, policy initiatives and other civic issue agendas. Um, So, uh, you know, that's kind of, where I am. Funny enough, uh, my father, I'm from New York as well, uh, mm-hmm. born and raised in Brooklyn, moved to the Bronx. I live in Atlanta now. My father was very heavily involved in the local political landscape in Brooklyn. Uh, his name's Horace Williams as well, but he, he passed in 2015, but uh, Sorry so to was, hear that. yeah, you know, he, he's still with me. Otherwise, I wouldn't be doing this. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was a kid, I was like, ain't no way i in getting into politics. Look at <laughs> right. Genetics is a powerful thing. But, uh, but yeah, no, it was a pleasure to be here and I, and I look forward to the conversation.
0: Same here. Well, guys, thank you. And I told you I got credible sources. Shout out to Skip Sean Skippy Bland and Nike for uh, for giving me these fantastic yeah. guests. I know, right?
1: I, 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 I should have said my. It's funny we're talking about what we do now. My my apologies. Um, currently, what I do, um, even though I'm still of an attorney, uh, I'm the national director of partnerships for MedMen. MedMen is uh, one of the largest marijuana companies here currently in the country, we're in 12 states in Canada. So I'm also their chief lobbyist here in New York. So I run our New York political affairs. But nationally, I, I do partnership programming and things like that. So we do expungement clinics. We do nonprofit work. We're doing a, an amazing project with the Red Cross called Sound the Alarm where we're installing mm. um, fire alarms and mostly in poor neighborhoods yeah. uh, because it's, it's amazing how many people still die from fires. Even though we have amazing fire departments all over the country, people not having working fire alarms is a big thing. So we're doing this amazing national program. So that's that's what I currently do.
0: Wow, that sounds pretty dope.
1: That's
0: cool, and that's actually going to be part of the conversation today because we got—I mean, if we're going to talk about politics. We got to talk about marijuana, right? Yeah. So let's and let's, hemp
1: and no. hemp. A lot of people not talking about hemp. That's
0: true. All. I had an interesting conversation recently about hemp. I had—I had it was a, a nice educational <clears throat> moment for me because I really mm-hmm. didn't realize all all the things that are hemp. I mean, we'll get into it, but uh. I kind of want to start <laughs> with our current political landscape. I mean, I think that. We talked about this a little bit earlier, but we're all very fatigued by politics, right? We have a person who is in office who is – I want to keep this as respectful as possible, so I'll hold my judgment to <laughs> myself. Um, but he he's, he causes a lot of uh, conversation, right, conversations that are – some are necessary, some are unnecessary. And, and I feel that as a country, we are – in a little bit of pain right now. When you think about all the things that are happening at the border and all these other things that are just happening with our international politics, just everything, it's a little painful. And when you go out of the country, I don't know if anybody else has been out of the country in the past couple years, but I feel whenever I meet somebody who's not from America, they feel empathy for me as an American. Mm -hmm. So I want to get you guys' take on the current political landscape. Maybe I'm just really sensitive as just a citizen who tries to keep her knowledge at a citizen level, even though I need to be doing better. Um but I kinda wanna get your you guys' take on the current political landscape.
2: All right. So um I think it is, you know, the thing is is that Trump is 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 has shown himself at a uh an interesting time period, right? Like, I mean we're at the intersection of where uh, t- technology is providing this ongoing access to everything all the time. you know it used to just be the 24-hour news cycle. but when you're talking about social media, you're talking about all kinds of variations of content showing up in your feeds mm-hmm. all day long at all time right And Trump is such a polarizing figure that he just uh, he he is a, a piece of every of, of every news cycle. And, you know, for people like yourself, you know, it's like because he's such a polarizing figure, you know, to kind of be objective about this, mm-hmm. you know, you're either going to, you know, you, you're either going to be his fanboy. You're going to love to see him all the time. Anyway, mm-hmm. like, this is great. Or you're going to be like, you know, I can't do this can't like do yourself. It. Right. Mm-hmm. But I think <clears throat> what we are also seeing with this kind of this landscape is, is that, um, you know he is when we think of of, of politics and when we think of politicians and things along those lines um one thing that i'll always remember is when trump had his first in this time not not previous times when he's ran but in this this particular time when he ran and he had his first debate Mm -hmm. and i remember seeing him i went to a an event i went to a republican uh debate party right um and Mm -hmm. uh I remember seeing, and even the Republicans at the debate party, they didn't. They, they was, they, they, they. Everybody there was probably going for someone else but Trump. I think they didn't take him very seriously. Right. Mm-hmm. And I remember he got on stage, and what I thought to myself when the debate started, we couldn't have been five minutes into that debate, and I said, and 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 I said, this guy is going to be a problem. I was like, he looked like a man amongst children on that stage, mm. because he was so like unhinged. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't have like you you could tell I was like a it was like a free man on that stage compared to everybody else. And his energy and his stage presence and his used to being in media and his being able to capture an audience mm-hmm. for better or for worse made him stand out. Yeah. And what it did was it allowed him to leverage the media throughout the campaign, which also helped his campaign, right? Mm-hmm. So when I think about And I mention that because when you're talking about just the political landscape, that has influenced Mm -hmm. a lot of strategy that we're seeing today. You know what I mean? Like people are not in the middle ground. You know, you'd be hard pressed to find middle ground people. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like that whole polarization piece allows you to capture a portion of the media cycle because people are looking at you and, 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 and you're able to leverage that and you're able to get in people's faces. And I think that at least from how the general public is receiving that, even at the local level. Yeah. Like, and that's, you know, that's what I care about most, and we'll probably Mm -hmm. dig dig deeper into that later. Mm -hmm. But when I think about just how we are receiving national, federal-level politics as a result of Trump, Mm -hmm. it is like some big TV show, right? And it's like, and and, and I think that the the piece that makes it, and if you could find a positive in it, Mm I think the positive is that you are creating a larger sense of interest, mm-hmm. you know, but it could be more of a, the, the interest might not be on, on the proper foundation, right? Right? It's just like, you know, access, you know, you know, is, you know, going on, but you're not really well-informed, right? You're just aware of a lot of stuff, right? Exactly. Um, but the other side of it, and then I'll kind of wrap up here, is that uh, people are... And this is dangerous, and it's, it's always been a problem, but I think it's becoming even more a problem. And it's the celebritization of mm-hmm. politicians, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that you know, and and, we're, and and that is starting to exacerbate itself more and more and more, you know, to the point where it's not even you know the celebritization of politicians as much as it's celebrities trying to be politicians, right? Yeah. Or people who have large followings. About is is less about actually understanding, you know, how to represent. A district or right. a nation, or having an understanding of policy or anything else or leadership or whatever the case may be, it's, it's about this e- emotional component. Yeah. And I think that when you, you, when you start to, to drive your, your political agendas around how you can you know move people's emotions from left to right, it sets a dangerous precedent mm-hmm. because then we start to get out of what really matters, which is policy mm-hmm. and what people are going to do. And, and then keeping them accountable post that, which is another whole nother topic. Which mm-hmm. is once you get past the campaigns, and it's yeah. time to actually be engaged. Yeah. Um, but that's what it is. It's, it's creating the celebrity culture around politics, and it's in and in, in, and it's emotional culture around mm-hmm. it and everything else. But it's not based in facts, and you just got it's just convoluted. And mm-hmm. it's, 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 I don't I don't think it's there's some positive points you can pull out from it, but we we need to get back to what actually matters in the process. Agreed, Landon.
1: So. I try to – as someone who's ran campaigns and from, uh, from primaries to general, you kind of have to look at both sides of the coin. And, mm-hmm. that's, a, and that's actually an issue that people have now. Mm-hmm. No one wants to listen to the other side. Mm-hmm. So what we, do, what we don't do is show – what has happened more than anything is we don't respect the other side anymore. Mm-hmm. We, villain, we, we, we vilify them now, right? Yeah. Yeah. So if I say I'm anti-Trump and someone's a Trump supporter, right out the gate, they stop listening. Right. And honestly, too, if I see someone with a red hat, I'm gonna I'm gonna look at them and say, "What is your opinion?" And someone from New York, I went to a Catholic school here in New York City called Fordham Prep, an amazing school. Mm-hmm. You know, to save you. You, Oh, okay. So uh, now now uh, we're real, we really right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We never lost a turkey bowl to y'all when I played. though. <laughs> <it? laughs> um, so good. But to my point, though, is that like so my my guys who I consider friends, teammates, and everything, you know, they obviously were Trump supporters, right? And it's it's trying to figure out why, right? So let's go into that real quick. One, they are, I, have, I worked at a law firm that was very – a Republican law firm, mm-hmm. and they did not like Trump. They did not vote for Trump. They did not right. support Trump. However, they fell in line once he won the primary because mm-hmm. they, at the end of the day, they still believe in their Republican conservative ideals. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you right now, out of everything that they care about, mm-hmm. the thing that conservatives, not necessarily Republicans, but conservatives mm-hmm. care about more than anything is the judicial branch. They yep. want to control the Supreme Court. Yep. They want to control the federal court. The issue that I have with some of our friends that decided not to vote for Hillary and they voted for Jill Stein or because of Bernie, whatever, another thing, I was like, look, you might not have liked the perfect, she was not, she was a flawed candidate, but the impact that Trump will have and what he did in the Supreme Court and the federal court will reverberate through history mm-hmm. when it comes to America. Mm-hmm. And that is something that we will not be able to undo, mm-hmm. specifically and since. President Obama should have been able to nominate Garland to the Supreme yeah. Court. So at the end of the day, when you get rid of all of the the white noise mm-hmm. and the tweets mm-hmm. and the investigations, mm-hmm. the one thing that is going to be to the Republicans and conservatives, why they love Trump more than anything, he stuck to his word when it comes to conservative judicial values. Mm. So they are going to back him through and through when it mm-hmm. comes to 2020 because they do not want that to be undone. Mm. So back to us as Democrats, the issue that we had and we spoke it offline, is there is no perfect candidate. Right. So if you're listening out there, there is no perfect candidate. What I do find interesting is that we now have a bounce back. So we, it's every, for every action is an equal reaction. From 08 uh, to 2016 we had Obama. That created this red wave and this red swell. And they were anti-Obama, right? Mm-hmm. And they really thought Obama, they literally thought Obama was anti antichrist. If you went to a certain place in this country, they what we think of Trump, Mm -hmm. they actually thought of Obama. I think the only difference is we actually have more facts Mm -hmm. (laughs) that can support our theory where Uh, theirs was purely (laughs) conjecture uh, from Fox News. But what we've seen now is, is there enough of a blue wave to get 2020? Mm -hmm. But history has also shown us The Republicans thought they were going to win in 2012 because they had a red wave against Obama. They took the Senate. They took the Congress. They had all this anti-Obama, the Mm anti-healthcare, kill Obamacare. However, they were never able to beat Obama. Right. And one reason why I think they were not able to is because they made it about Obama. Right. And the biggest mistake I am mm – worried about mm-hmm. is everything is about i am completely anti-trump mm-hmm. i'm going whatever trump does i'm gonna do the opposite mm-hmm. that is not a plan right you are not setting forth a game plan right. a road map right. a direction you're not a compass we need leaders we need electives that are gonna sit there and be a pathway of light right. to bring our country in the right direction mm-hmm. and the last thing i'll end on i think the biggest damage that president trump has done and i think the true republicans uh, feel this way, like a Bill Crystal, for example, he's anti-Trump, you see it on his tweets, is that Trump has done more damage, I think, to the sanctity or the respect yeah. to the chair of president. Yeah. The being president of the United States had this revered to it worldwide. Mm-hmm. And over Obama fixed it, but, we you know, because the Iraq war with Bush and yeah. now Trump, that has been damaged and tarnished. And now we're not. And, and as we have superpowers growing, such as China and Russia and uh, Brazil and Germany and other countries, we really need to make sure we have a true commander yeah. in chief yeah. at the seat of president. Yeah. And that is something that I am pushing for in 2020.
0: Yeah.
1: It's not necessarily the most liberal candidate. And I'm, look, I'm a Democrat, but I'll be the first person to tell you, I am not a big liberal. Mm-hmm. I have some conservative values. Mm-hmm. I have liberal values. Mm-hmm. I am a, I'm an Obama centrist. People don't realize Obama was a centrist, mm-hmm. especially in today's uh, mm-hmm. viewpoint. He's a centrist.
0: Yeah. So those are my points. Yeah, I mean these are all really great points, and and I think you guys are are both absolutely right. Um, one of the things that you said that I found important is that you know we our our country is unhealthy. People abroad do not ex- respect the seat, and we are in a very fragile space right now because of the past few years with Trump kind of sitting at the helm. And worldwide. And worldwide.
1: Yeah. Uh, he's He is, you know, and with the president of Brazil is very concerning. He's very Trump-ish. You're seeing similar yeah. risings in France, uh, Germany, yeah. uh, Central, you know, Eastern Europe. You're yeah. seeing the the populist type agenda. And yeah. honestly, it's very reminiscent. He's of, providing the wrong kind of inspiration. Yeah. Right. For facts, it's very 1920 to 1933 ish. Scary. You know, it's, it's, it's really scary
0: when you think of that. But one of the thing, another thing that you said that I thought was really interesting, and this kind of brings me to the next point, is in order for us as Democrats to take the seat of presidency, we need to look at the issues and not just be so anti the person, which yeah, is Trump. Agreed. So we look at we have what today. What is today's date? April 5th. Today is April 5th. This may be coming out in a week or two. That depends on whatever. But I don't know if there's going to be more people who have announced their candidacy for president. But currently there are, what, 19 Democratic uh, figures who have announced their candidacy for president. Now, that's a lot of people. For me, as just a regular consumer of political news, a regular citizen, to wrap my head around, right, and again, not looking at the people, but looking at the issues. And when we look at all the things that Trump has kind of damaged within our own country, you know, all, just all the drama, all the noise, just the things that have been damaged. And we're in a very unhealthy place. What are the th- issues in particular that we as citizens should be looking at when we're listening to these candidates on the debate stage or in town halls? What questions should we, we, should we be asking? And what are the key issues that we need? To look out for when making the decision of who to support, who to back, and who to give our funding to to support them.
1: It depends, because each candidate has to kind of take a slightly different voice,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and we also we also have to think about our audience too. Yeah. I'm African American; mm-hmm. Af- most of us are African American here, so we also have a different lens which we, right. which we view things, which mm-hmm. can sometimes is a good and bad thing because sometimes mm-hmm. we don't understand the other side of it like we get so myopic on our issues Mm -hmm. and i realize we also have to make sure there's a message that resonates with the suburban house mother the wife and but we still need to play to the base like let me take a step back i think the democrats too quickly said oh we need to get back to white suburban vote Mm -hmm. or 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 the white middle class like bernie sanders said Mm -hmm. when the reality is we didn't do enough to pull out just our base in general (coughs) and black and latino and white and whatever uh, another issue that Democrats have is because we have this diverse spectrum mm-hmm. of a yeah. voter block. Mm. It's hard to have a message that resonates with the entire block. Mm. Whereas Republicans, I'm anti-abortion, I'm um, anti-government, low taxes, big military. Yeah, that's all they have to say. Yeah, there's some there's some outliers, a couple of things. But that's all you have to say. One of the things that
2: I say all the time, I say, you know, and, and, and it, it answers your question, but it piggybacks off of what he just said. Mm-hmm. Um, when we talk about what people should want from candidates, the first thing is, and this is, you know, a very high level answer, but it's details, right? Mm -hmm. And by that, what I mean is, is that, um, because it's, it's like the, the, the democratic party, the biggest problem that I see. And I think that, I don't know how this will continue to evolve over time, but I do think that there'll be some changes to the party, Mm -hmm. um, is that you can't please everybody, right? Right. You just can't like this. And I mean, that's the beauty of a democratic society. Right. Like, and I mean, you, because we're not all alike. We're not all on a singular tune. We don't all come from the same backgrounds. Mm-hmm. We don't all listen. You can put, you know, I can get deep in terms of, of, of uh, you know, black uh, uh, ethnicity and background and history and understanding mm-hmm. our cultural differences yeah. aside from that of just the Pantone shades that make us similar. Right. But mm-hmm. when you talk about how you're trying to look at a base and, your ideology is as well the higher level we keep it, the more of them we can get
0: mm.
2: right Then what happens is is that um, you're not getting there's no commitment there, right, right? like because it's it's too high level it's, if you were to take the 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 uh, the plat, the high level platform, that you know you typically get from the Democratic Party, mm-hmm. you know, healthcare, all that other stuff, mm-hmm. and you trickle it down to the details of how it happened, mm-hmm. you could break the party into like 15 parties. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because because that is the differentiator, mm-hmm. right? And to go and say, hey, we should all vote for that for a specific candidate, you know, that defeats the whole premise of democracy. Mm-hmm. Right? Like th- there's a reason there's several, right? Mm-hmm. But the key thing is, is that if you know they should all stick to their guns. If yeah. you're not, if you don't represent what the majority of people want mm-hmm. then, then yeah it's your role right run for something local yeah you know what I mean like and then and then my thing is is that and 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 with that being said it's like you know when you look at um, and, and and I think and, and there's another side of that too that's a bit of an oversimplification because mm-hmm. you can also like and something he mentioned earlier like in terms of like the Supreme Court and things yeah. along those lines yeah. you do have to look at some strategic premise as well. But I don't think that um, we as, as a people mm-hmm. um, spend enough time looking at and just just simply stating what it is that we legitimately need
1: right like what that's tough though because because we there. have such a diverse because we have such a diverse population, mm-hmm. suddenly what is what do people need yeah and this so, is the example I'm going to give. Let's look at the, just the major bases in the Democratic Party, right? Let's take yeah. the Af- let's take the black the black base. If you look at the black base, the black base is really fifty five year old black women, mm-hmm. church going. So if you look at LGBTQ rights, mm-hmm. that's not a high priority for a very large voting block of the Democratic base, mm-hmm. even though it's starting to evolve, thankfully, because we have young, uh, queer black activists pushing mm-hmm. that agenda up. Mm-hmm. But in the black voting block, that is not a major mm-hmm. thing. They they really are not. And we see that we, we see that in our own churches. We see that in our own bases. Only over the last couple of years have uh, uh, the African-American politicians really embraced yeah. that community to a degree uh, to a second level, immigration. Uh, I think immigration. I think you got a pretty general consensus that mm-hmm. we're we're for a robust we're for a robust uh, immigration process. Mm-hmm. But if you didn't talk about people abolishing ICE, which has been uh, AOC's big uh talking point, suddenly people are like, well, I understand enforcement of it. I just want to make sure that we have an immigration policy and process that works and right. and help lets people get into the system. I don't want to pull mothers and fathers away from their kids, right. and that's what people agree with. Uh, military. There's people that do believe they want to have safe streets. In New York, we might be as liberal, liberal one to be, but at the end of the day, we are always a target when it comes to terrorism. So it's interesting you find this dichotomy amongst our own base. I'm only saying that because. You talk about getting to the details. I think actually as a society, we have gotten dumber politically to many ways, even yeah. though we have more information. Yeah. But we have just as much disinformation. Yeah. So I think an important thing for 2020, and this is what Trump did masterfully in 2016, is getting some of that, whatever, his lack of detail, but be able to get that into a message. 140 characters. You have to be able to get your message out in 140 characters in today's instantaneous uh, market of information comes and goes in and out, yeah. so you have to be able to package it, and that is something that is I have not seen as of yet, but I'm hoping it's something that someone will be creative enough to create. So yeah. two
2: things: one is is that I was primarily talking bottom up, not top down, right? Yeah. So as far as um, how I'm my my response was more re- relative to how people should what people should demand yeah. in terms of who they should elect. Right. Mm-hmm. And the process they should go about in terms of figuring that out. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, to your point, you're right. I think that, that, you know, one of the things that if we talk about the Republican Party, we talk about Trump, mm-hmm. there's a level of conciseness there mm-hmm. that makes things very straightforward. Yeah. Right. But it's also not the party for everyone. Right. Right. And and I think that, you know, and, and, and I think that's I don't want to. I'm not this is not a like a, an answer mm-hmm. to the problem yeah. as much <laughs> as it is, you know, uh really expressing the complexity mm-hmm. of it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like and I think that there is like you I don't know if there is a concise statement that essentially, at least at this level, particularly in the primaries. Yeah. That encaptures everyone's. It's
1: not. It's, it's yeah, hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, that's, and that's so, great. so, if, so if, if, if we're talking about the details, mm-hmm. if we yeah. look at someone who's the most detailed right now, and, and, it, and detailed is like the most qualified. Hillary Clinton was definitely the most qualified, yeah. Yeah. and she had detailed policies, but that doesn't win. The most detailed person right now in the race is probably Elizabeth Warren. She has detailed policies. Like on her website, her policies are robust. Yeah, it's detailed. I mean, point A to point, you know, to mm-hmm. point Z. However, is Joe Joda Plummer and Jerome Jackson and Elizabeth Lopez reading all of that? No. Not necessarily. Yeah. So you, unfortunately, in today's society, and it always makes me laugh at the movie Idiocracy, we need to synthesize this complex information down. Mm-hmm. And even to an educated sister who just said, I am now overwhelmed. I no longer want to engage right now because it's, it's been overbearing yeah. to me. We need to be able to re-engage, and to re-engage, you have to simplify and get people to buy in. And then once they buy in, they will dive in deeper, and they will go into the details a little bit more. And that is something that the Democrats need to do. But because of our electorate and who we need to bring and embrace and bring to the fold and to the voting voting polls, Mm -hmm. it is a difficult task. Yes.
0: So then – so. Yes, and I agree, and, and thank you for acknowledging that because I can tell you, I mean, I have some friends who are very into the politics. I used to work, fun fact, I used to actually work in public affairs in D.C. after uh, college when I was in graduate school at American University, and everybody already knows I went to the illustrious Harvard University for undergrad. <laughs> Shout out to the real HU. <laughs> um, but I, when I was in public affairs, it was during um, Obama's first run. You know, I actually worked on one of the inauguration galas, I actually was part of the uh, agency that led the that created the one for the SCLC, and it was a wonderful time. And I was highly engaged in politics then, but it was so black and white. It was very crystal clear of who the like person was that needed to be president. I understood everything that he wanted to do. And we didn't have... I mean, there was Twitter and Instagram back then. Um, I think it had just kind of launched i think in 2009 i can't remember but to your point it is it is difficult for your average person and i'm somebody who actually used to really work in public affairs i mean i did press conferences on the hill like everything but the fact that here we are some years later and i'm completely disengaged because of all this information does make it harder for me to figure out who i'm going to support looking at the democratic side alone when you look at some of the top contenders what are some of the qualities that you see in them? So, like, first of all, who do you feel on the Democratic side actually has more promise of actually being able to run for president? Like, who do you think is going to rise to the top? It's like nineteen of them.
1: So like, I got I final got late. Let's break it down to a final eight, kind of like that. Yeah, So, I was gonna, so I,
2: like, this so, is crazy. Do so, so, to so, I was gonna say, so this is with my, my answer. And I was going to be like, <laughs> uh, ask me later, because <laughs> I'm waiting for everything to keep coming out yeah. right. And 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 because you, to your point. It's um so so, much. so we are not and it's funny you mentioned Game of Thrones earlier right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I made a joke to someone recently. Mm-hmm. I said, you know, we're gonna have to start birthing presidents mm-hmm. because with all the scandals and, and everything that you that you discover that because of like the age of technology and video recordings, mm-hmm. like you're just not gonna have somebody who's been perfect since they was five years old. And right? if they were, yeah. I would
1: be even almost just as skeptical. Like, yeah, no, totally. Did, exactly, did you did right? not have <laughs> so, one post. You didn't retweet one uh, video uh, of yeah, somebody like, twerking. You, 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 you tell me, there's nothing that you. Right. You have been a bubble for for, right. for
2: thirty. Eight years, right? And um, I think that uh, 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 when we talk about like the, the candidates, you know, and, and and we look at this, so like I mean, right now I like you know I like Pete, you know I think Pete's cool, but I think that it's, I don't because we are getting so much information so early. Mm-hmm. I think people also feel like they're being forced to make a decision rather quickly, yes. right? Mm-hmm. And I think that we can wait, yeah. relax, mm-hmm. yeah. like take in the information. This mm-hmm. is the time to learn. The other thing is is that. And and uh, just because it's a, it's a key thing for me, mm-hmm. and and this is philosophical, and it, and it's it's more of one of these ideal, ideological answers because I know this is an extremely long process to mm-hmm. even go about it this way, but this also stems heavily, with the exception of like the Trumps of the world, but this also stems heavily from, you know, how engaged people are, you know, at their local level. Yeah. Yep. And how that continues to manifest and matriculate over years. Because all these people, 90% of these people, have held local office. They have? And the thing is, is that, and that's when they was accessible. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't have a very good idea of who that person was mm-hmm. if you would, have, if, if when they was a city council member mm-hmm. or mayor, booty was mayor, right? You know, so like, mm-hmm. or, uh, um, or, or the a state, Rapid State Senator, like that's a phone call away, it's yeah. an email away. You, your decisions should not always have to be subjected to the the, the the commercialization and, 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 the, and the ad buys mm-hmm. and everything else because campaigns are designed to help people win mm-hmm. like that's the whole point yeah what people do in office is what they'll be held accountable to do yeah. when they're in office that's you true. know and I think that in, in, in because you can meet I've met this was, and this is very eye-opening to me I've met campaigns, I've, I've met people on both sides of campaigns, right? Mm-hmm. Like Republicans or Democrats, whatever. And I'll have one-on-one conversations with them. I'm like, you are not the person from television. That's true. Mm-hmm. You are not the person. Like, you, you, you s- seem crazy on TV. But, but you ain't mm-hmm. trying to get my vote on TV. Right. You, there's a whole other group of people whose vote you are trying to get. <laughs> and then that's... But they, they're strategists. Yeah. They know that. They say, why are we going to invest in communities that are variables, to come out and vote for you we know who our base is and like you mentioned before you know pulling them out and catering to them is what they're trying doesn't make them you know they just know what's necessary and i think that's that's a key piece in in just kind of looking at this and it's understanding how you
1: make your decision yeah to your to your question directly to your question no, If 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 Horace and I could know who president was, who's going to be the president in 2020, mm-hmm. we could make a lot of money. Okay. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's, that's just true. real. I'm a, a lot. <laughs> right now, this is like this is like it's, betting on the NCAA and the Sweet 16.
0: Yeah. If
1: you knew Zach team was going to win mm-hmm. right now, and you, I would put all. I, I work for a company that's where policy and marijuana policy is a big thing. Yeah. Uh, we would put all our chips in if you knew if I knew who was going to be president in 2020 for yeah. sure. We would put all of our chips in,, mm-hmm. because it would just it, it would just open so many doors for us. So with that said, what I am looking at, and a, a, friend, a, a guy, his name is Jared Lodeholt, a uh, Morehouse dude, big into politics. He's always big on. people forget it's one thing to win president, but the most important thing is we need someone who can govern as a president. Mm-hmm. and this is the biggest executive job. In the world, yes, yeah, uh, and people forget that. Yeah. And I think actually, to a small degree, that was actually a little bit of Obama's weakness. He was a great messenger, great communicator, mm-hmm. but because he came from a legislative background as a mm-hmm. senator uh, and a state senator, mm-hmm. he didn't have an executive mm-hmm. um, background. Yeah. So there is a value, in my opinion, to governors and to a small degree, a mayor, because a mayor does run an entire municipality, yeah. and and he has to get things done. Yeah. So to Jared's point, um, he always speaks to he speaks to Mayor Pete and why he he's a viable option mm-hmm. because. He is someone who could run a good president. Even I think I was about to say something else, but <laughs> yeah. when I look at the candidates, I think Kamala is, op- is obviously up there. Yeah, she has the credentials. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're now seeing again. We're looking for the perfect candidate. Yes, she was a prosecutor. Guys, get over it. She yeah. did her job. It's unfortunate, but someone was an attorney. I was on the other side as a defense attorney, and someone a defense. I defended people that were guilty but it was still my job to defend. Chris Darden is defending Eric Holder, the man who killed Nipsey Hussle. It is he has a constitutional right to legal representation. That is what makes our Constitution strong because we also want the person that is innocent mm-hmm. that looks guilty to get off. Right. So there's a reason why you have both sides. And from a prosecu- from a prosecution standpoint, you want compassionate people that have empathy <clears throat> in those positions, right? right? But there's certain people, I think for African-American prosecutors who want to run for office, it is very difficult because we just have this negative taste in our mouth that mm-hmm. the fact that you were a prosecutor. Right. So I feel for Kamala. But remember also, Kamala's also half Indian. So now we're talking about the first Asian president and mm. woman president. That is a major historical feat. That is. Uh Castro will be the first Latino. Mm-hmm. No question. Brilliant mind. Him and his brother both brilliant mind. Amazing story. Mm-hmm. Came from literally nothing from a hardworking mother mm-hmm. to become two very successful electives out of mm-hmm. San Antonio and te- South Texas. Mm-hmm. I think having Castro on the ballot would be very interesting in Florida, which is always a key state, and yeah. seeing how that just having a name on the ballot would flip. Mm-hmm. But that's important. Uh, I think Joe Biden. I think his time is gone. Uh, I think this whole thing about, we, we kind of want Obama back. So we think <laughs> yeah. that's the closest thing we have, but yeah. we need something, <laughs> not new, but we need to, we have to let Obama go.
0: No.
1: Obama's not. <laughs> Obama <laughs> is not coming back as president. No. The Obama administration is not coming back. So we have to accept. This that. This
0: is the typical Democratic citizen when you say that. No, I don't. But want that's
1: that the problem out. with celebritization as well, yeah. right? Because Obama was part of that. When you said yeah. that earlier, yeah, 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 yeah. Obama, yeah. He, he Obama was. became a celebrity in yeah. his own right. Now, difference between him, he was able to communicate in yeah. such prolific ways yeah. and spoke to a message in a direction that people could follow, but. Two, the last thing is, we right now we have so many candidates that it kind of needs to be like the uh, well, in the gold, Game of Thrones, the War of Five, five Kings. <laughs> <laughs> we need some attrition, and they, and they are, they're gonna bloody themselves yeah, up, totally. yeah. things are gonna come out, yeah. and candidates who can't raise money are dropping. Yeah. However, I will, you know, then you still got more people, Mayor de Blasio wants to jump in. Yeah. You have, uh, um, yeah, it ain't over, it's and that's not, why, not over. It's, that's why I was
2: like, you don't, you know, and that's the thing that this the internet and everything does is that it's forcing people. Like, we have this thing sometimes in, in our community around, like, you know, loyalty and you can't change your mind or you're a hypocrite. You know, like, you yeah. know, and the thing is, is that, like, nah, just just chill. Yeah. Like, you know, like, you're just not used to getting this much this soon. It's sooner. a lot. It's a lot. And, and the problem is in, in the other part with all the, the campaign fatigue. Yeah. It, which, which bothers me is is that, like, you know, you still got people in office that you need to deal with right now, right? Like, yeah. I mean, like, you know, I know everybody's running all the time. There's a campaign all the time. But there's, like, policy issues right, yeah, now right now that that maybe should take up the bulk of your focus, you know, while these people try to figure out who's running for what. But these extended campaign periods
0: yeah.
2: it's, are, are, are killer.
0: Yeah, and I think the reason that that's happening is because we are so over Trump. We are ready. It's, nah, it's, it's not. not it's more not
1: than Trump. That. It's more than that. See, that's, yeah. see, you're falling into the trap I'm talking about 2020. Yeah. You're so myopically focused on Trump. Mm-hmm. There's so many other big things going on.
0: No, I know, but the typical we're seeing, average... We're in, seeing
2: campaigns even yeah. at the local level. Right. Yeah. That are taking, like that are like two years and millions and millions of dollars going in. Yeah. Because it's like, it, the best and, and like i said this is me my ideology yeah. I, you know I, I left a career at oracle to be in politics so I'm, I'm i'm an idealist and partially crazy but the thing <laughs> is, is that, but but the thing is is that you know um the problem that we've run into is like yeah. the, the best campaign for someone who is in office is doing their job
0: right you true. know what i mean Very And the thing
2: true. is is that but that's not what we're doing it's like two years in is all right Let's start getting the public appearances going. Let's start getting this going. Let's start getting the donors together. But it's a byproduct of the evolving culture around campaigns because they have to. Right. And and, and, and that's. It's a scary thing.
1: So yeah. it's two things. One, campaigns also big money. Yeah, yeah. that too. It's so let's nice. understand. Someone, I've, I've been a campaign manager. Yeah. you get people get paid. Yeah, and that's what it's, it's become a business. It's become an industry. <sighs> so that's something like you can get some local stuff. Like they're talking mm-hmm. about doing matching here in New York, and you know, in New York City, that we mm-hmm. have matching. A lot of that is it's a lot of people get paid from it. Yeah. So that's another reason why no one wants to talk about. Yeah. Uh, but it also allows certain people that might not be able to raise money to yeah. win.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But what to Horace's point though, I think was more important as to avoid Trump fatigue or 2020 yeah. fatigue, what I actually would recommend is get more engaged on the local level. Yeah. Get Good. engaged yeah. in New York. For instance, in New York City, people don't understand county politics. Mm-hmm. Congressman Gregory Meek, Meeks, friend of the family, just became the chair of Queens County. First African-American to be the chair of Queens County. Mm. In New York City, county politics is the, strong, the stranglehold. On politics in New York. Mm-hmm. That's actually why AOC was such a big deal. Yeah. Not because she just won Congress, but she took down a county chair yeah. in New York politics. It's Timothy Hall. It's this local level of chess that is not seen. And that's where I get yeah. I get enthused yeah. about because it's so interesting. Yeah. So yeah, if you be. really, if you're fatigued of Trump, if you're fatigued of the 19 Democratic candidates, if you're fatigued of the national dialogue, then dive into your local, local politics yep. because then you get to see how things really work. And it might even Give you some pause to a degree, mm-hmm. but at least you get a better understanding. And yeah. then also, if you're really trying to improve your everyday life, mm-hmm. your local politicians have a more of an impact on your everyday life, whereas the mm-hmm. president has an impact on you over a span over a span of years. Yeah. Both important, yeah. but different. I I, I
2: I equate it to working in a large corporation, right? Yes. And the thing is, is that like when and, I, and I'll go back to my Oracle days, like my manager. Like or my the the person who I re- report into, right? They're responsible for my day to day. Uh The CEO, Larry Ellison, I don't, I didn't, I didn't know what he did every day, but I know he impacted the culture,
0: right, of right.
2: the overall there co- you company. Go. When I think of the president, I think of the cultural impact. Mm-hmm. Mm that goes across the nation, That's right? Good. I like that. I like that. Analogy. Right? And, and, and when I think about, you know, and, and when I think about, you know, like for me, it's like, you know, I'm not, I don't go to my boss and say, look, we got, Trump got to go. Cause these these, these tasks <laughs> these, these these things I'm doing like Larry gotta go cause Larry it's, gotta I get
1: got out. of here. I can't deal with it. I can't. I this 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 Can that I got today, is coming. Do we vote Larry out? Yeah, it's, it's like you know, it's, it's, it's so, so above. It's just, so like, above your head. Yeah, yeah you know? exactly. It's so above. I, I don't want to say station because I hate saying that. Yeah, but it's so above what you can directly impact to yeah. a degree. But but don't get dismayed, you still impact it. We have yeah. to impact that impact that as a herd. Yeah. But it's the cultural, right? Yeah. So that, let's so let's let's shift it a little bit to policy, right? Yeah, let's mm-hmm. talk about policy. Um we were talking about marijuana.
0: I would thank you. Because I want to talk about
1: the weed I wanna talk
0: about the marijuana industry. Marijuana. I was having a conversation this morning with my dad about this. God shout out to Morris Morrisor, best father in the world. And you know, I am um really interested in the whole legalization of marijuana hemp and hemp um because when I think about growing up in PG County Maryland mm. and people who I know who are who have been arrested for selling a little dime bag of marijuana and spent time in jail and people who are still in jail because of selling marijuana and then here we are certain states where marijuana is legal you have people who are selling it legally but you still have people in jail who were selling it like i don't know i feel a little uncomfortable um when i think about like today there are people making millions of dollars off of marijuana but in those same states you have people who are rotting in jail because of selling the same product even though it was at a different time and it was illegal versus legal like i'm just curious as to number one the whole process of the legalization of marijuana, like on a state level, national level, do we ever see it happening on a national level? And then number two, what are we going to do about the people who are in jail who have sold marijuana illegally in a in a economic climate where people are profiting off of the sale of marijuana? I feel conflicted here,
1: so it's 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 a complicated issue, right? Yes. So I work for a company. The CEO and president are not minorities. They are white, yeah. And there's a natural feel like, oh, they're white. They're making all this money. And it's like, okay, they are white, just like there are white drug dealers who sold marijuana and growing in the Emerald Country in California. Mm-hmm. But why we are so emotionally attached to it is because we see the difference of how the policing of marijuana. Correct. Uh, even though in New York State I can speak to, we know from our numbers and demographics about 60% of the marijuana Consumed in New York, which is actually the number one consumer of marijuana in the country. What New York? Yes, not okay. California, actually New York. I could see uh, that. Sixty <laughs> percent is white,
0: but I could see that too. <laughs> if, you look,
1: if you look, I know it's funny. Like
0: my neighbors, exactly. I you got the hallways. <laughs> yes. However,
1: if you look at the arrest records, mm-hmm. it's about seventy people of seventy percent people of color, thirty percent white. So you're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. So from my company, from MedMen's standpoint, we are. Believers in if marijuana is legalized in the state, let's mm-hmm. go state to state first, state. we should have expungement. Your record should be cleared. Mm-hmm. It should not be on your record. It should be sealed mm-hmm. and expunged. Unfortunately, in New York, we don't technically have expungement. That's a little bit more complicated policy issue. Mm-hmm. However, uh, organizations such as DPA, mm-hmm. our company, other, some of the other marijuana companies, other legal organizations are working towards that. Senator Jamal Bailey, who's the chair of codes, is doing a tremendous job in criminal justice reform. Mm-hmm. Just got cash bail for misdemeanors and certain uh, nonviolent crimes eliminated. A speedy mm-hmm. trial and discovery and he's going to be leading the charge and so is assemblywoman latrice walker out of brownsville going right. to be leading the charge to ensure that when marijuana hopefully is legalized in june that the what the most robust criminal justice reform aspect there will be there too Halloween. um but this is an industry and there's gonna be a lot of jobs and something i want to make sure of is that those folks that were arrested those mm-hmm. A lot of them corner boys or whatever got arrested, but they have an opportunity to either be to own in this business or to get a job. Yeah. Uh, Because I will be the first person to say. I understood that you might have sold sold marijuana on the street, Mm -hmm. but the comparison I'll give, that's like, I know some dudes who were the best street ballers I ever knew, Mm -hmm. but if I brought them to an organized game in Iowa, Mm -hmm. and AAU, Mm -hmm. them boys would beat them down because organized ball is a a little bit different than street ball. It is. So when you get to a regulated, above board business, which it is, this is a highly regulated business. We have, and you guys are welcome, we have a a dispensary on 38th and 5th Avenue, and you can come and see what the regulations look like, the Compassionate Care Act of 2014 in New York, you know, you have to have two redundant alarm systems. You have to have a safe base, a safe system. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to have pretty much a 24-7 uh, automated video loop. Mm-hmm. You have a 24-hour SOC, security center. So just the cost of infrastructure to be compliant yep. to the regulations <laughs> is is tough. Yeah. The testing. Uh, you can't have certain pesticides. You can't have certain heavy yeah. metals. Uh, you, we don't use CO, We don't use alcohol extraction. We use CO2 extraction. Mm-hmm. There's so much. So yeah. something that we're doing is creating a curriculum to help people want to be in this industry and learn yeah. because they can learn from our mistakes. Yeah. We learned. We, have, we made mistakes to get to the size we are and where we are. But I want to use that and transport it and give it to organizations. So when the, New York becomes legal mm-hmm. and people get licenses, it's not. It's, it's not just enough to make sure that people of color and people from communities that were negative impacted mm-hmm. by the war on drugs get licenses but i want to make sure that they can succeed exactly and access to capital is mm-hmm. the biggest issue because you can't go to a bank yeah. you can't go to wall street Mm-mm. um you you have to be able to fund from private equity and, and capital and that becomes a whole another barrier because if you don't have access to that network mm-hmm. if you're not from that network mm-hmm. how do you get that so yeah. i mean it's a complicated issue however let's talk it from a federal level also the Safe Bank Act is was just replaced um, back by Elizabeth Warren and Senator Gardner from Colorado. That would open up some windows because it's basically going to make it if it's legal in your state, uh, financial institutions can do business with you, basically. Wow. So that will open up some doors and lower some barriers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, then there's a couple other legislation in that's going towards the legalization aspect. Mm-hmm. And Senator Booker is ensuring that restorative justice is in there too, mm-hmm. making sure that someone's locked up federally for marijuana they are now they are now taken out and are, are, are expunged yeah. because we've got to reverse. And then to ensure that some of the money, some of the tax revenue, goes to the communities that were negatively impacted by the war on drugs. And that is something my company, MedMen, my CEO, Adam, From our team, we fully support and we understand it. Mm -hmm. But we also understand this is a business, Mm -hmm. and we have an opportunity to create hundreds of thousands of well-paying jobs. We are the largest unionized marijuana company in the country. Wow! Nobody in in New York, no one makes below like eighteen or nineteen fifty an hour. Stock options, full benefits for full-time and part-time. That's something that positively impacts a community. Yeah. impacts, and we're making sure that we're hiring. In our diverse communities, also, and we need to make sure that other marijuana companies do the same. And we're hoping to lead the charge of that. Love it. So there's uh, so
2: one hundred percent what everything brother said. I I, I agree uh, wholeheartedly. If I kind of look at it from the lens of where I approach a lot of this stuff, on is is more on the advocacy organization side, mm-hmm. right? And um, so like empowered, <clears throat> empowered currently has a, a client based out of uh, Baltimore minority cannabis business association it's, oh. a, it's a business league okay. that um C6 I think uh and uh you know their focus is ex- is is explicitly uh minority involvement in the cannabis industry mm. right and from the the perspective of the expungement expungement of of records relative to you know those who have uh, serve time because of you know uh, cannabis-related dealings yeah. and the overall involvement uh, or mandatory involvement of some percentage base of African-Americans or minorities so, o- altogether in the industry, right, mm-hmm. relative to whatever reg- legislation is being passed, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that when we also... So when we look at it, when I look at it from like even a grassroots perspective, because mm-hmm. um, people typically will say to me, like an individual, like I'm not... My, my, my whole... My life is like the, the the bottom layer up, right? So yeah. like I'm not, uh, it's, I get the individuals who are like, well, how do I play yeah. a part in this, right? Yeah. And one of the quickest things, and this is a form of civic engagement, is supporting organizations mm-hmm. that have your interest in mind, right. right? Because there are some organizations that, um, I'm not sure if they if MCBU, MCBA does it, but I know that several of them, you know, they write their own policies. Mm-hmm. And then and and then you know they lobby for the legislators to pass those those policies, right? Mm-hmm. Um and you know and 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 they and they're specific to you know a lot of these in, in many cases are local, statewide, and and, mm-hmm. and and you know and and they've been, you know, and they're successful in several places. I think Washington State did a really good job with this recently, mm-hmm. um, in terms of releasing people with records, mm-hmm. uh, in the area, and then also, um, you know, and 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 uh. For the opening, you know, their, their allowances around, you know, the, the the sale of marijuana in the state. Mm-hmm. But I think that uh, when we talk about getting just the general populace involved, like, you know, look, some things are difficult, mm-hmm. but some things we just don't do. When I go personally to lobby for bills, mm-hmm. I can be part of a rah-rah group of 300 people when we start. But when it's actually time to go to the Capitol, there's five of us. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: Well, it, so it, he's sitting on, on he's sitting on two major points, mm-hmm. and I think there's, this is this is where because I work at one of these companies, mm-hmm. I get kind of caught up in this thing. It's like oh, yeah. you work for this big white company, yeah. whatever, yeah. and I'm like, I am learning, yeah, because this is all I want a license. I was like, what do you know about the marijuana industry?
0: Right,
1: like I learned a tremendous amount, and I'm not even on the cultivation side, but I at least am able to. Tangentially learn yeah. from just being in the business. So, my first thing I'm telling people is like, Oh, I want a license. I'm like, Well, you need to get in this industry in some right. form yeah. or some fashion yeah. because I can give, we can give out a thousand licenses to a thousand African Americans. But if you don't know how to run the business, mm-hmm. that license is going to fail. There people, there's a lot of marijuana companies that go under. Every day oh, yeah. because they don't understand the financial aspects like two thirty e, two eighty, which is basically the federal tax we have. If you <sighs> from direct marijuana sales, you basically pay a 70 percent effective tax rate. So basically, if you sell one hundred thousand dollars worth of marijuana, you pay seventy thousand dollars in taxes. Jeez. Right. Because it's a federally illegal schedule one narcotic. So that's why the SAFE Act and then uh, the uh, Marijuana Act in federal is a big deal. Yeah. Because if that's taken away, then you're treated like a regular business. and Because you can't write off your lease, you can't write off your employment charges. That's why a lot of marijuana companies actually aren't currently making a profit. Yeah. So you need the cash flow, you need to understand investment. So I understand there's a lot of people who want to get into this business. Yeah. So, one thing I'm recommending to anybody and everybody out there that's listening, to prepare for marijuana, which is most likely going to be legal by 2021 federally, get into hemp. Hemp industry right now is federally legal after the farm bill <laughs> just passed. Okay. So that is a one way. CBD is a one way to get into the business and start to understand it. Understand the cultivation, understand the regulations, mm-hmm. learn the regulations. If you're interested in your state, you should be downloading the regulations and you should know that verbatim, word by word, yeah. line by line, and understand it. Because if you do, I guarantee you there is a job for you yep. or a business for you. Yeah. Because that's I was a compliance, I was a compliance manager for Men Men in New York. And I had to read every line. It is confusing, even as an attorney, but understanding the law is what gives you opportunities. Yeah. So we can pound the table all we want, but if we're not listening and learning yeah. and putting ourselves in position and going to the networks, going to the different events, yeah. that is something that is key. So for an example, though, it's also about opportunity. Yeah. And that's and I understand that point. And the advocate is absolutely right. When I walk into a lot of rooms, I am a lot, a lot of times the only African-American at yeah. my position representing a company. Yeah. So I'm happy. In my company, we're starting an HBCU initiative. Oh. So every year, we're going to starting – we're running up this year, but we're going to have four HBCU interns every year start working at MedMen. Now, why is that important to me? Because my internships usually got me a job. And getting you a job and understanding and networking Mm -hmm. and getting to meet Mm face-to-face, you're going to have an opportunity to meet Adam, our CEO, Mm -hmm. or Morgan, our SVP of of government affairs. And that is how you get into the industry. Right. Like any industry. Yeah. Somebody, I don't know, every job I've had except for maybe one, I knew somebody that knew somebody. Yeah. And so my job is trying to expand the network Mm -hmm. so that we can – Capture those who from our community that want to be in this industry. And that's something I'm super proud of and something I'm working on. But my company's doing it. We can do more. Mm-hmm. Other companies definitely need to do, do more. And we want to be the thought leaders on this issue. And we're Let really it. pushing that.
0: Wow. So first of all, gentlemen, this has been an enlightening conversation. I hate that we're out of time because I want to keep talking about this. Uh I actually Uh feel a little smarter now like that I'm walking (laughs) out of this room after talking to you two. But just to kind of recap um, the conversation um, when it comes to how we need to think about these candidates, it's chill out, slow down, take in the information, focus on the local level and the policies and what they're doing in their current roles. And they'll start to wean themselves out eventually, right? Like, cause we have 19. There may be 25 in two weeks. Who knows? Um, and 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 also focus on the issues that are important to you, right? Would, you, would we say that that's a good kind of recap of how we should be looking, like, even, like, now at the 2020? There's a
2: lot of low-hanging fruit that people can, fruit. can start from. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that, you know, you, you, if you keep it, the great thing about local yeah. is that it has such a, a heavy impact on yeah. you. But it's accessible. Yeah, these are people that live on your block. Yeah, people that live in your neighborhood. Yeah, you can call, and you don't really have a good idea. I, I, I made the miserable mistake of, of running for my my vice president of, of HOA and winning, and <laughs> uh, <laughs> and um, and and there was and there was a ton of responsibility that I had just for my building. Yeah. You know what I mean? In terms of what I could enable and not enable mm-hmm. with the budgets that we got in from our home and association. Yeah. And only out of a building of almost two hundred people, we might have the same eight people show up all the time.
0: Yeah.
2: And those are the eight people making decisions yeah. Yeah, for everybody.
0: Yeah.
2: So, you know, it's it's it it it's just parallels. You get get in there and then and let that just be your stare. Yeah. And you'll climb up. You'll, you'll you you minute you get into it. It's, it's borderline addicting because it's yeah. nothing like having control over your life.
0: That's true.
1: Uh, what he? I'm a big advocate of local. Yeah. Um, in New York, I mean, there's county level, so mm-hmm. there's there's county leader, mm-hmm. there's county committee, there's state committee, and mm-hmm. county committee. It, you might only need to get 50 signatures mm-hmm. and 20 votes to win. And then you get to sit in on county meetings and see how judges are voted on. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of these mm-hmm. these meetings that you have no idea that impact your life that are going on. Yeah. And it's just because people just don't care. Yeah. You know, join your community board. Yeah. Uh, you know. Another thing that is actually kind of cool with technology is that you can engage, but instead of engaging like the U.S. senators and stuff, yeah. engage your local politicians. Yeah, my city councilwoman, Vanessa Gibson. I'm, I just I bought a house in, in, in Highbridge in South Bronx, so I have Vanessa Gibson, Assemblywoman Latoya Joiner. They love me and hate me at the same time because I am that proactive neighbor. That's annoying. If someone dumps garbage on my street, I know the sanitation manager, I know the parks department manager. I am that I have turned into my father. I am that guy. But I get things done. We get
0: it done.
1: We had a kid almost get hit on our street cuz I live on a one-way on, on this big one-way there's no lights and stuff like a buddy from my high school happens to work at the Department of Transportation mm-hmm. said, hey man, little kids might get hurt on my block. Yeah. We got speed bumps put in. Nice. Those are the small yep. things but those yeah. small things Add, add up. up. Yeah. You know, we are just we are ants on an anthill. And yeah. if we do some of our jobs and we yeah. build out our, our we build out our nest a little bit, yeah. we can make our nest safer. We can make it better. Yeah. And that's what we can do. And if we do those little things in in the aggregate, yeah, we will get the change that we want in 2020. Love it. And the last thing I'll say is please make sure in 2020 fill out your census. The census is absolutely um important. Mm-hmm. And in minority communities, we are always undercounted. Mm-hmm. It matters. Yeah. And another reason, even for those who live in blue deep blue states like New York. While you're present and this is my last thing why local matters. You should always vote, even if you think it's going to be one in New York because for example, in your assembly district, they, take, they look at how many assembly, how many people vote in your assembly district. That then becomes a weighted factor when it comes to county committee. Mm-hmm. And county committee is it, it, a weight factor in who determines your judges. Mm-hmm. So even though you might not be on county committee, if you have there's certain assembly districts that have a larger voting turnout, mm-hmm. they get more of a say on judges than a similar district right next to. So you see that on the Upper West Side versus Harlem. Mm-hmm. Upper West Side votes probably two to one to the same assembly districts in Harlem. And because of that, they get a larger say in Republicans. So every election matters.
0: Yeah,
1: Every local election Every primary matters. So please yeah. go out and vote. vote. There's two elections this year. Go out and vote here in New York. I
0: love this. I love this. Guys, thank you so much for your wisdom, for your time. For just your passion and for being involved and and being an example of how we all should probably start to kind of lead our lives so that we can increase our quality of life. Um, This has been a really uh, helpful conversation. I hope somebody out there got something from this. I know I certainly did. So um, I'm going to call it a day here. I hope everybody, first of all, thank you, Landon. Thank you, Horace, for joining. Um, You you guys are dope and wonderful and fantastic. Landon, happy birthday. Thank you. Turn up tonight, Horace. I hope you can make it to South in the City. Shout out to South in the City. Um, And uh, and yeah, everybody have a wonderful day, weekend, week, and I will catch you next time.
1: Thank you, guys. Thanks, y'all.
0: Bye.